This is Sports Jam. I'm Doug Doyle. Let's talk some World Cup soccer or football with one of the most famous stars in the sport. Bradley Wright Phillips, number 99, was retired at Red Bull Arena, the first number in club history to get the honor, and with good reason. He is a two-time MLS Golden Boot winner and currently holds the New York Red Bulls record for most goals scored. And in 2018, he became the 11th Major League Soccer player to score 100 goals. Red Bull Arena, the greatest goal scorer this team has ever known, number 99, Bradley Wright Phillips. He's still with the Red Bulls. He's the special assistant to the sporting director. Bradley Wright Phillips, what an honor to have you on the show. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for having me. Now, I know that the Red Bulls are near and dear to your heart, so is the MLS, but you spent a lot of time in your native country of England, and the World Cup is just a big part of England's past and future. And England has a big matchup against Senegal coming up. What does the World Cup mean to England? It's massive. I think if you if you go to England and you go to any pub, any pub you see, they'll be full of football fans, especially on the game day. Um, yeah, I think it's embedded in us from from babies. Your your grandparents, your great grandparents, fathers, mothers, everybody supports the team, and you know it's, it's in you. It's almost religion. You and I spoke before, and you thought that the England U.S. match was was kind of boring, huh? Yeah, I think it was boring. I think the happier out of the two teams will be the USA. Um, I think they played a good game, but I think England were disappointing on the day. Um, but yeah, I'm a fan of both teams. You know, I got ties to both uh, countries, so I think it was a good result all around. I'm curious because you scored goals, and so did your dad. You had the knack to be able to score goals. We'll talk about your relationship with your father, who was a huge star for Arsenal back in the day. It seems like it's really difficult to score in the World Cup. Why is that? Um, Scoring goals in general is not it's not easy. It's not an easy thing to do. I think that's why strikers, forwards, they get paid the most money. Um, but I think when it comes to the World Cup, I think there's added pressure. I think you're, the whole country, you feel like you have it on your back, on your shoulders. And I think that you take that into the game with you sometimes. And, and sometimes you see that in the finishing. Also, teams are a little bit tentative. They don't want to go full out of attack in case, you know, they get, they get caught on a counter-attack and... You know, it means so much. Every game, every play, every moment means so much. So I think that that stops the attack sometimes because guys, uh, teams don't want to concede goals. Do you have any idea yet well, how you will be watching Sunday's match? I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. I don't want to, um, <laughs> I, I don't want, I'm, I'm nervous to watch it with a bunch of people in case the result don't go our way. But I also want to watch it with a bunch of people in case it does and you can celebrate with your fellow country people, you know. Who should we watch on England to know that things are going well? Who are the stars that you feel we need to pay attention to? I would say Marcus Rashford because of the game he, he, he had the last game out. He, he, he got a brace. He got two goals. So I feel like he'll be high in confidence. I feel like Raheem Sterling's always dangerous. Harry Kane, our star striker. He's got a bunch of goals in him. Bukayo um, Saka. It depends. There's, I will say England, have a, they're, they're spoiled for choice when it comes to attackers. The physicality of this sport really comes out in the World Cup. We saw so many injuries. We see people going down with violent, you know, hits. I hate to get hit in the legs. I mean, you know, <laughs> when I watch it, it's like, oh, I, I, how am I getting up from that? How, how does the training go when it comes to, you know that 
uh, when Christian Pulisic took the, you know, a big hit in the U.S. game against Iran and he scored the game-winning goal. Worth it. Worth it. It's all worth it, huh? Tell us about the yeah. training that, that's needed to be a top-flight professional football player. Yeah, I think physically you have to be in, 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 in great shape. But nothing prepares you for some of those tackles. I think it's just part of the game. Adrenaline gets you through it. Um, after the game, he certainly felt it. I know that. But it's good news that he'll be back on Saturday. I heard he'll be back on Saturday playing. But, yeah, these things are not easy to, they're not easy to play on with. As you can see, he had to come out of the game. Um, but, yeah, like I said, I don't think you can prepare for it. You just have to deal with it in a moment. You have said that Messi is the GOAT for you and Lionel Messi yeah. playing for Argentina. Why do you love his play so much? I think there's a lot of great players around the world, right? There's, there's so many. But with, with Messi, it just seems like a, a God-given talent. You know, it doesn't seem like he had to work on his body too much. He, it doesn't seem like he had to go, you know, sprint practice, nothing, none of that. It just feels like he just has a way with the football that other players don't have. You know, it's like it's a gift. He's just he's so easy on the eye. You know, there's not many players that can do or not many players that have played the game that, that can do what he does. Juan Pablo Angel was a guest recently on Sports Jam, and he is hoping that South America in some way gets back to the top of the heap when it comes to the World Cup. Do yeah. you see Brazil or Argentina being able to go all the way in this tournament? I do. I think a lot of people will have them as favorites, so I think they got the talent. You know, the um, Argentina and Brazil stacked uh, in every area. There's world-class players on their bench. Um, so they, they definitely have a chance. But like I said, I'll go back to the pressure. You know, the, the way we look at them, the, even Pablo is saying, you know, he wants to see a South American team get back to the top. They must feel that also. So they're going into games with that. And it's not easy to do. You know, a lot of teams, a lot of countries have improved and it's going to be a tough test. But do they have the players? Yes. Can they win? Yes. Will they? We don't know. Phillips has it. Bradley Wright Phillips. Inside he comes. Oh, that is superb. You have just witnessed history being made. Bradley Wright Phillips ties the all-time single-season scoring record. Over and over, you would watch the tape of Ian Wright, your father, scoring for Arsenal. Yeah. That had to sink in somewhere in your soul for you to become such a goal scorer. Tell us a little bit about growing up in England, your brother also played with you for, with the Red Bulls and your dad, obviously, yeah. a famous famous football player. Tell us a little bit about growing up in England in that famous family. Yeah, it was, um, for me, I knew no difference. So it was, it, it felt like a, a normal childhood. Um, but the effect my dad, had on me, my dad had on me was, you know, seeing, seeing him do what he does, it, it made me feel like I had to, you know. It, there was no other, other option for me. I didn't see any other job. I, I wasn't interested in anything else. It was... It was being a footballer, and more than that, it was scoring goals. It was something I, I, uh, I pride myself on, you know. And the score you have done to a point I where tried. number 99 is retired at Red Bull Arena, but you're still with the club. And I know yeah. before we get to this new position, the fans, not only at the World Cup, but the fans for the Red Bulls are fanatical and fun. How yeah. does that spur an athlete on on the pitch when you know that the fans are behind you and the chance and the and and what's going on? Yeah, um, I think as a player you can take it for granted, you know, when the fans are there. But I think what helped me realize, you know, I've always known the fans they can spur you on in the game. You know, if there's no fans there, it's tough, it's tough to to get that extra bit of life, extra bit of energy, passion. 
you know, they definitely bring that. But when we had to play through the pandemic without the fans, it was a clear, clear, clear difference in, you know, that extra, that extra motivation you needed. You know, um, there's nothing like scoring a goal and, and hearing the fans go crazy. There's nothing like maybe being a goal down and the fans will you want to get an equaliser or maybe a match winner. So, yeah, they're so important. The, the game is not the game without the fans. The connection with the fans that you had was special. Take us inside maybe one of the conversations you had with one of the fans that meant the most to you. Um, yeah, there's a lot, um, especially with Red Bull fans. They're amazing. They've been nothing but nice to me. Um, but I would say, I would say when, when fans let me know that, you know, I've been in some of the best games they've seen or I'm their favourite player or I made them start watching football, those ones really humble me because... You don't really know what you're doing when you're when you're out there playing. You're just doing what you love. You don't realize the effect it has on on the casual fan and those kind of things that warm your heart. Even though England is, you know, obviously number one for you, but the U.S. is now a, a part of you as well. And all the time you spend in in the MLS, not just with the Red Bulls, but but other squads as, as well. But New Jersey certainly has a super flavor with this U.S. club, with the coach, and of course with. You know some of the players, including uh, you know the goalkeeper Matt Turner. Is yeah. New Jersey become a hotbed for football? It seems like it. I think the whole metro area has got a lot of a uh, lot of good talent. Um, those guys are proving well. They they're playing so good. They're playing so good. I've seen a lot of these guys from playing at club level uh, and to now being on the the world stage. It's unbelievable to see. But there might be something in the water. It's my adopted home, New Jersey. So I'd say yeah, there's something in the water here. They they produce a lot of good players. Tell us about this new position. Now, when you retired, you made sure that you had one more day with the Red Bulls to retire. Yeah. First of all, what went into that decision? Yeah, I think spending um, a lot of amazing years at Red Bull. You know, after after the years after I um, I left Red Bulls, I went to LAFC and then Columbus. But I love those teams. I love my experience there. But it, it wasn't like being at Red Bull. And I think playing for them for so long, doing what I did there, how they treated me, it only felt right for me to retire as a as a Red Bull. You talked about how you liked the, the you clicked your heels when you scored goals. The goal celebrations in the World Cup are fun, and I love yeah. when the when you know the players will slide. What do you like to see after a goal? Yeah, I always like a celebration. I don't like when people don't celebrate. Um, but I like to see genuine, genuine celebrations. I like to see, especially in the World Cup, you know, they're all big goals. So when they score, and it's, it's a fist pump and it, you can feel the, the passion. You know, you can feel what that goal meant when it's spontaneous. It's not a planned celebration. They're the best ones. So talk about the special assistant to the sporting director now, your, your new role, what it entails and why you decided you wanted to do this. I spent a lot of time on the pitch, right? So I, I wanted to to get to know the other side of the game. Um, and having doing that, I, I've learned so much. I, I have a new respect for what a lot of these guys do. It's, it's unbelievable how much goes in. As a footballer, you think you just break, you get the balls out and you start playing football, you try and score. But so much more goes into that. And uh, Yeah, and I just wanted to learn that. I think I'm, I'm gaining experience every day and, and trying to learn, uh, trying to learn every day. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun. I have to be an adult now. I have to return emails. I have to, you know, do these kind of things, but it's been fun. So a young kid comes up and says, I want to be the next Bradley Wright Phillips. What do you say to that? Whether it be a young girl or a young boy? I say you got to work hard. I say um, you, follow your dreams. It's cliche, but follow your dreams and, and work hard. Um, 
it's, it's so important. And also work on, everyone says work on the weaknesses, but I like, you know, if you're really good at one thing, because I think I was good at scoring, I, I really did work, work on that. And, and that's what I'm known for. So work on your, um, work on your strengths and follow your dreams. One of the things that's beautiful about World Cup soccer is even if you're not a huge football fan, seeing how towns and countries rally around their teams, like in the Ironbound, you're well aware of what goes on there with Portugal. And of course, Ronaldo and his squad, they're in, you know, the final 16 as well. Talk about the beauty of World Cup when it comes to to fandom and, and how everyone seems to, you know, really... I don't know if the world's been so patriotic. Yeah, come together, right? Yeah, it, yeah but, you know, pa- patriotism is is sometimes a lost art, but not when it comes to the World Cup. No, yeah, no, the World Cup really does has a does have a um, thing for bringing people together. Even people that don't really watch football uh, every weekend, when it's the World Cup, it's your country, right? It's it's a it's a sen- it's a it's a sense of togetherness, um, and it also brings a lot more people to the game. People that wouldn't really care. I think after the World Cup, you'll you'll see. A, I think you'll see bigger attendances, especially in the US at games. I just think there's something about that the World Cup that brings everyone together. Um, it's amazing. It's really hard to put into words, but it's amazing what the World Cup brings. You talked about when we spoke earlier about how success will breed more fandom in the U.S. Should the U.S. team yeah. continue to to play well? The women's squad, obviously, that has already happened. Young girls from all yeah. over the country want to play this sport. How far can football go in the U.S.? Well, you look at the size of America. It's, it's massive, right? I think it has the potential to, to be the powerhouse of, of football. I think for years it's, it's been American football, you know, the NBA, baseball, all these things have, have been dominating for years. Um, I think now we're at a stage where kids are, are starting to play soccer from a younger age, boys and girls. And I think the next few generations when they come up, I think football will start to dominate. And I think, yeah, I think it could be a, a real powerhouse in the U.S. Crowd is stunned here. Right, Phillips! A bullet! Don't go anywhere, it's 5-3. Bradley Wright Phillips, second of the match. Not many people can say they've played at the level you have. Bradley, what don't we know about the game of football that we should as we watch the World Cup? What insight can you give us into this wonderful sport that we really don't appreciate? I think it's just nonstop action. There's a lot of things I could say, but I think what how it differs from a lot of sports is there's not too many breaks. You know, you're getting 45 minutes of drama, uh, goals, fouls. Um, yeah, just a, a lot of different things. And then there's not too many breaks, not too many commercials. It's also a lot harder than people, um, you know, think. I, I think footballs are very, you have to be very fit. You have to be uh, mentally strong. It's a, it's a game that takes a lot of, um, a lot of practice to get good at. And, it's, and I feel like, especially in America, it's kind of underappreciated because you're spoiled for sports. But yeah, I, I think to take into account how difficult it is to play, to run, you know, you're, uh, run for 90 minutes, it's, it's not easy. You mentioned a key word, fouls. The referees in the World Cup, they are under scrutiny uh, because each call could turn the whole tournament around. So how do you think the refs have done so far and how difficult is it? I'm not a big referee fan, but I think think taking into account the the occasion, I think they've done well. 
there's a few calls that I, I, I see a little different, but on a whole, they've done well. It's not easy to manage these games and, and make the correct decisions. I, I probably made 10 bad decisions myself today. So, you know what I mean? I'm not reffing any World Cups. So, yeah, I, I appreciate them. They're doing a good job um, so far. So you have an opportunity, and you can go back in time or it can be current players, to go out on the pitch with three other either former players or players right now. I want to know where you're going on a pitch and what are you talking about and who are the three individuals that you are going to take with you? So I'm in like a park, right? You're saying just, I'm just going to play football. Right. But, but I want to know where that park is that would mean something to you. And what are the three players that will be there for you? Um, it's got to be Messi, the GOAT, all-time great. Zidane, my favorite ever player. I know Messi's the, the best player, but Zidane is my favorite player. Um, and then we need a keeper. So I'd say David Seaman, Arsenal legend. We need to shoot on him, try and embarrass him, you know. But those are the those are the three other guys for sure. Is it a delight to embarrass a goalkeeper? It's not a delight, but it feels good. When the ball hits the back of the net, that, that's a feeling you can't replicate. Um, I've tried to find that feeling in other places. You just can't. What would it have meant to Bradley Wright Phillips to compete in the World Cup? Yeah, everything. You know, being from England, you know, we haven't won the World Cup since 66. And I think everybody that, every every kid that wants to play football wants to score that winning goal for England. Well, especially in England, obviously in England, who wants to score that winning goal to win the World Cup again. It's, it's just a dream of probably everybody I know that likes football. Do you remember the first time you saw Arsenal in action and maybe one of the few, first times and, you know, it could have been, uh, obviously your dad was a superstar there, but do you remember yeah. rooting for this squad? Yeah, I remember from a young age, you know, knowing and understanding that's my team. I remember, obviously, my, my dad played for them. I don't remember any specific games, but I have a lot of memories. I used to watch his, his, his record-breaking his record breaking goals, like, daily, you know? So they're probably my earliest memories. Any predictions for who will take the World Cup? I have a few because I'm a coward. I can't say one. So I hope England can win it, which will be very tough. I think, so I'll do four teams. I think England, France, Brazil, Argentina. I think one of those four, I'd like to see Messi win it. If England don't, I just think it would, he'll be solidified as the GOAT. Yeah, I teach a sports broadcasting class, and a lot of the students were saying just that. They would like to see Messi in Argentina uh, win, even though, yeah. you know, they, the U.S. at the time still in the, in the tournament. When you think about the, the impact of the World Cup and being in Qatar, do you want to talk about anything about how that may have been distracting to the players at all? I think it could have been, but I think they're professionals. I think they, they got to grips with it pretty early. I think the, the, the benefits are that they're, they're in mid-season. A lot of these guys are, are coming out of their, their respective leagues, so they're going in at, at, in good shape. And I think we're seeing that on the pitch. Um, but, yeah, it must be different. You know, the World Cup's always in the summer. I, I guess it, it probably feels different to them, but you wouldn't know from watching the games. There have been upsets in this in this tournament, and we know Germany is yep. not even going to make the sixteen, and, and neither is Belgium. What what has surprised you the most about the World Cup in Qatar? Yeah, like what you just what you just touched on. I think the underdog stories have been have been crazy. It's been very fun to to see uh, Saudi Arabia beating Argentina, even the US 
getting a, a big draw with uh, England. You know, they, these are big results. Um, I think that's been the most eye-opening thing for me. You know, when you're going into a game, when you normally think, okay, this team's going to wipe the floor with a, a certain country, it's just not happening this year. So it's fun. Even, I think it was today, like Brazil lost to Cameroon. I know it was a weakened team, but, you know, these, these things can happen at the World Cup. What's been the best conversation you ever had with your father about football or life? Um, I wouldn't, I'd say the most valuable conversation is probably try to, to not take it so serious. And also another valuable thing is um, hit the target. This sounds so, so basic, but I do a bit of coaching with some of the, um, the Red Bull 2 guys, the second team, and I tell them, you know, the most valuable information I got, especially when you're thinking about scoring goals, you can put a lot of pressure on yourself on yourself it was hit the target it it helped help me throughout my career my career when I went through a purple patch I couldn't score or I would go back to basics and just try and hit the target but when it comes to football me and my dad we don't really have he's been there right so he doesn't want to put too much pressure on me he doesn't want me to feel you know what the rest of the world make you feel so we don't have too many deep conversations about football mm. and I, I appreciate him for that I can only imagine what a little bit of a backyard game would have been at the time, though, with <laughs> your brother, Sean, your older brother, yeah, Sean, and your dad and yourself. Yeah. It must have been amazing. Uh, yeah, we want to um, thank you for all that you've done for the sport, especially with the New York Red Bulls. Congratulations on your retirement. Number 99 for everybody to see. Well-deserved. And you're still with the team now as the special assistant to the sporting director. Enjoy the rest of the World Cup. And thanks for joining us on Sports Gen. You too, man. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Call me again whenever you want. Sports Jam is a WBGO Studios production. You can hear all the past shows by going to wbgo.org slash sports jam or wbgo.org slash studios. You can also find Sports Jam with Doug Doyle on the NPR list of podcasts or wherever you hear podcasts. Special thanks going out to Sammy Steinlight for getting us hooked up with Bradley Wright Phillips. Until our next Sports Jam session, I'll see you at the game.